Welcome, everyone. Welcome again to the Today Counts show, which is sponsored by the donors of the Lead Today community. My name is Jim Piper. I am your host. Today's topic is leadership, specifically humility and courage. Joining me today in the studio is my dear wife, Rhonda. You're not going to hear her voice uh, today because we're kind of in a mobile studio situation this time, but she has shared this message with me and keeps me company as we walk through this. I imagine that most of my listeners uh, are from a a Christian uh, perspective. They have a Christian worldview, a biblical worldview. And, and if that seems too orthodox, they are at least God-fearers. I also envision that a lot of our audience, they are leaders. They're leaders in, in organizations of various kinds. They're entrepreneurs. And you're running, 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 and, and, and maybe sometimes you don't take enough time to fill your soul. So hopefully this podcast can do that uh, for you. So to do that, I want to give you a little bit of background where I'm going to pull my content from when it comes to humility and courage. I'm going to pull it from one of the books in the New Testament, the Bible, called the Epistle of James, or a letter from James. Now, James was the half-brother of Jesus. Uh, He was the leading pastor of the first century Christian church in Jerusalem, just to give you a little bit uh, background uh, on the author. There's a whole lot more I can say about that, but that's not really the purpose of, of this podcast. And in the beginning of the letter, he addresses it to the 12 tribes scattered all over the world. And what he's talking about is in Jewish history, uh, the Hebrew people were, were divided into 12 tribes, 12 groups, 12 big families, if you will. And they weren't nice and neatly located in Jerusalem or Israel uh, anymore, but they were scattered uh, all over the world. And if you know a little bit about history, you you know why and how that's happened. Uh, the letter is a letter of action. It's pretty black and white. Uh, doesn't need a whole lot of room for interpretation. Just real quickly, chapter one is kind of about uh, trials and difficulties and tribulations. Uh, and yet it, there is a call for us to live out our, our faith. Uh, chapter two talks about community without favoritism based upon wealth or status, which of course we know favoritism is still alive and well today. Uh, and again, uh, by the end of that chapter, there's a call to live out our faith. In chapter three, we get into the leadership perspective. And in fact, James chapter three, verse one, I've memorized it, I think, ever since I was in my early 20s. It goes something like this. Let not many of you become teachers, my brethren, knowing that as such, you or we shall incur a stricter judgment, meaning that there is more required and more expected from leaders and teachers uh, of spiritual truths and, and morality, of, of course, are considered in that group of, of leaders. Uh, and so we do get judged more harshly. Do, people do look at us through a microscope. And so James warns us, don't just run into it because you think it'd be cool to be a leader. Uh, one must uh, have a more sober judgment of what it would mean to become a leader. And he also talks about the fact that true leadership is about helping, healing, building. It's not self-seeking. So there's a lot to unpack there. And then chapter four 
talks about the fact that pride actually promotes strife. You know that is true in your family. You know that is true in your workplace. You know that is true in traffic, uh, in the stores, uh, where, wherever you go, if there is pride, if there's a self-centered mindset, you're going to have strife. It's just going to happen. It's inevitable. But, but the antidote to that is humility, and humility is the door to effective leadership. Uh, there's, there's a verse in chapter 4, verse 6, that reads this way. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. That's James 4, 6. God resists the proud. I don't know what word picture or or what kind of visual you have when you think of that idea that God resists the proud. Uh, When I think about resist, um, in, in the least aggressive way, you know, turns his back on. But resist can also be pretty physical, right? Can almost be against one to push back on. And so uh, not not only God himself as a person, but even in the engineering of his creation, it just tends to push back on the proud. And that says, but gives grace to the humble. Grace is undeserved favor. Grace is receiving things that we we don't deserve. So God loves to give grace to the humble. But that brings that brings up the topic, well, what, what is humility? And what is humility specifically, you know, for, for the leader? There's three things I want to share with you um, about humility. It's not exhaustive, of course, but for the length of this podcast and the purpose of this podcast, let's talk about them. Three things about humility. Number one, humility is rooted, it's rooted in a right relationship with God. Humility is rooted in a right relationship with God. With God. Now, I just read James 4, 6. He resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. So that's a supporting verse for that idea. But let me, let me put it in straight terms. When I say humility is rooted in a right relationship with God, here, here's what I mean. God is in charge. You're not. God is in charge. I'm not. God is in charge. We are not. Now, for some, that's a really tough pill to swallow. And for others, it becomes an excuse. Let let me explain. Let's start with the tough pill to swallow. It's a tough pill to swallow for those who think of themselves as self-sufficient problem solvers. You know, they kind of pull themselves up by their bootstraps. Um, And and frankly, I like self-sufficient problem solvers. I really do. In fact, I kind of think of myself that way. But I like them until they make it clear by their words and behaviors that they don't need anyone else. They've got it all together, and they always know best. You know, we we call them know-it-alls, or we call them the smartest person in the room types, right? But the God is in charge also becomes an excuse for others who respond differently. They're the ones who throw their arms up in the air and abdicate any personal responsibility, effort, or sacrifice. I kind of call these people the fatalist. They are the it-is-what-it-is types, taking no sense of personal responsibility. So realizing that we have limitations is a good thing until it causes us to shrink back from what the Creator 
has empowered us, has empowered you to be and do. Here's what I like to suggest with this first point about humility is rooted in a right relationship with God. Here's what we need from leaders. Let me be specific. Here's what I would ask from all of the leaders who are listeners and learners. What we need from leaders today is a little more theology in their psychology. We need more integration of a God consciousness in their strategies, in their motivations, in their visions, in their tactics. Um, If we could weave more theology in our psychology, it will inform our psychology with the best things. What we need is humility because it leads to convictions. That's what humility does. It leads to conviction or convictions, and convictions give birth to courage. Courage is the element of character where we do the right thing, even if it comes at a high and personal cost. That's what courage is. That's what courage is. Now, we're not done yet. If you create an equation, if you add humility, which gives you convictions and leads to courage, but if you add humility and courage together as an equation, you get wisdom. And wisdom is the sum of humility and courage. That's just another way of saying it. It is the practical and effective application of timing, tone, and tactics. And tactics. So obviously, I'm already laying the groundwork to say humility is a big deal. Humility is a big deal. So number one, humility is rooted in a right relationship with God. You know, who is God and who is not? Let's just start there. Number two, uh, humility is activated by a right posture, a right posture. In the same uh, book, letter, that I referred to in the introduction, James, in the fourth chapter, in the 10th verse, James says something I think that's pretty interesting. He says, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, in the sight of God, in recognition that there's a God, and he will lift you up. Man, there is a lot in that little verse. There's a lot in there. There's a lot in there. First, it is a posture of learning, a posture of learning, a posture of being teachable, a posture that has a willingness to truly listen and to grow, and to serve. It's a conviction of purpose. Instead of looking for greener pastures as soon as things get difficult, humility is grateful for the opportunity to be assigned to the difficulty, to be assigned to the problem, to be assigned to the task. It's grateful for the opportunities of today. In this context, it's an ongoing, honest assessment of ourselves in light of the opportunities God has provided to us. Scripture teaches that it is our job to humble ourselves. It's nobody else's job. Listen to the verse again. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. It's pretty clear that it's not my wife's job to humble me. It's not my neighbor's job to humble me. It's, It's not my leader's job to humble me. It's my job to humble me. It's my job to do that. And if I don't do that, if I don't do that, somebody or something will eventually do it for me sooner or later. 
But there's that second part of the verse I really like too. So the first part, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. So again, clear. It is your job right now, right today, whether you're running, walking, listening in your office, whether you're driving down the road, right now, it is your job, according to the Creator, it is your job to humble yourself. It's God's job to lift you up. Listen to it again. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and He will lift you up. God will set you up for success. God will call your number. God will call your name. God will give you the opportunity. God will... God will do it when he wants to do it and how he wants to do it, but he's not going to do it until you first humble yourself. All right, so we talked about two things so far with humility and why it's such an important aspect of leadership. Number one, humility is rooted in a right relationship with God, remembering that I am not God. There is a God and I am not God. Number two, humility is activated by a right posture The easiest way to remember that is it's my job to humble myself. It's God's job to lift me up at the proper time. And number three, humility is about the right pace, the right pace. Humility is powerful because it can sway kings. It can break bones with the right words. It can bring healing with a touch. Let me explain why. Humility is powerful because it is. It breeds consistency, patience, and perseverance. Towards the end of James' letter, he gives us this analogy. He says, be patient. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and later rain. James 5, 7. Be patient like a farmer. Do what you're supposed to do. Quietly go about your work. Till the soil. Plant it. Plant it. Water it. And watch God make it grow. Humility is about the right pace. I often call it uh, the pace of grace. I I don't own that phrase. I forget where I heard that before, but it's, it's stuck with me. So, Leadership is really mostly about transformation. It's it's about healing. It's about equipping. Uh, It's about guiding, empowering, building. And I know you're not going to like this, but leadership is not about fast. Leadership is about diligence. It's about diligence. It's about the process. Leadership is about loving the process, even as much or more than the desired outcome. It most often does not call for hurry and scurry. Now, I know there's 9-11s. You know, I, I know there's, there's fires, right? But most often, leadership does not call for hurry and scurry. Rather, it calls for laying foundations, building relationships, creating strategies, aligning people and teams, and families. It calls for a faith-filled diligence and determination. So let me read these three things again about humility. I have a little quote to end with to bless you as you go about your day and your life. Three things about humility. Number one, humility is rooted in a right relationship with God. That simply means remember who God is and who God isn't. Number two, humility is activated by a right posture 
We are supposed to humble ourselves. That's our job. God's job is to lift us up at the right time for the right opportunities. And number three, humility is about the right pace, a pace of grace. It's about diligence. It's not about speed. It's about patience. It's about transformation and less about transaction. So here's the phrase I'd like to leave you with by St. Augustine. Do you wish to rise? Begin by descending. You plan a tower that will pierce the clouds? Lay first the foundation of humility. everyone. I just want to invite you to be part of the Lead Today community if you are not already. And the easiest way to do that is you go to our website, which is leadtodaycommunity.com. And on the top, you'll see a tab that says Leadership Kit. If you will click on that and then fill out the information, you will be automatically included into our Monday Moments email, where you'll get a short message from myself. You'll get an update on the latest podcast that we have recorded, as well as other things and activities going on in the Lead Today community. Would you do that? And I also want to thank you for listening to the Today Count show. If you are enjoying that, would you tell a friend? I would sure appreciate it. And please never forget, God is big enough to be small enough to care about you.